the risk of regret is far too great for me than the risk of failure. Because if there's something that I absolutely want to do, but I'm too scared to, then let's figure out why I'm scared. Do I not know something? Is there a piece of information that I'm missing? Do I need a coach? Do I need a mentor to get this moving so that I cover my downside in the event that there's an oh shit moment, I know who to go to. Welcome to the Curative Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Sutarji, and my guest today is Kevin Gillane. Kevin is the creator of Secondhand Success, a brand to help his audience continuously better themselves by sharing his own experiences. He is also a real estate investor and a co-host to the Tech Guys Who Invest podcast. In today's episode, we talk about embracing failure, how to handle feedback from your audience, and why being a part of a community is important. Enjoy the show. All right, so Kevin... Welcome on, to Kevin. The, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited for being on the show and being a part of this whole experience of yours. Yeah, I mean, you're you're the first guest, and um, I'm glad that <laughs> I'm glad that you're here because um, you know, obviously, you and I are talking about we've been talking about like you know starting whatever we want to start, kind of like our passion projects. Absolutely. And um, you know, I've been trying to get people to trying to schedule you know like these podcasts and it's really hard to get people to come and i know you're visiting from tampa uh for how many days i am here for 10 days from the first to the 10th okay so not that long and you know thank you for coming yeah dude i couldn't pass up the opportunity to come chat with you and serves as a us catching up too yeah for sure i mean we've known each other since elementary school um you know i i came kindergarten when did you get a come to st clement uh Fourth grade. I got fourth there in fourth grade. So okay. I've known you since 1999, 1998, something like that. That's super long. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we went to high school together. Yep. Um, row right next door. And then Cal Poly. Yeah, we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad we're still keeping in touch, um, seeing what you've been doing. And it's amazing. Fun fact, you also, I also drive a Mazda 3. Oh, sick. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we just keep doing the same thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, thank you for coming again. Um, for the audience that, you know, may not know you, um, talk about yourself and what you've been doing. Yeah, so I would say that I am a personal development junkie and I'm always looking for ways to be better than I was yesterday. I think it's more of an incremental thing. That's something that I learned the hard way. You can't just transform overnight as much as you and I both want to be at a higher level the next day or yesterday. It's just going to take some time. And I love just reading and learning and challenging the thoughts that I grew up uh, to believe in, the, the thoughts that I was raised with, the conditioning. What I was conditioned to believe is is conflicting with the things I'm learning now and the person that I want to be later in life. So I love that. And I'm always trying to learn something. I always feel that there's an opportunity to learn. In this experience, I'm, I'm guarantee I'm going to probably blog about it or something, but it's just, it's, there's, I love having that mentality of, Hey, what can I learn? Because I think life is ultimately a journey. So you should always look for something to learn in any opportunity that you is presented your way. Yeah. And I feel like I was, I noticed that you always challenge yourself to do something different and put yourself out there, right? Like, um, you know, you're, you're vlogging, um, you're writing a blog, have your own website, you're doing your podcast, you're are you doing three podcasts now? I have three podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> you're crazy. I went from zero to three. Yeah, really quickly. In, in, in a span of how many? Like three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, I don't know. You're you're a busy man, and um, you know, I I feel like you have 
this energy, you know, this drive that um, I really wanted people to kind of hear about why, like, how do you get this drive? Uh, what motivates you? And like, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? Thanks. I, I really appreciate that. That's those kind words feel feel good. Uh, what motivates me is it's going to sound morbid, but we're all going to die someday. Right. And I think that's just a matter of fact, no matter which way you look at it, no matter what you believe in happens, I think after we die, I think the 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 fact of the matter is that we have this one reality. So for me, I want to live a life that I can look back on it and be like, damn, that that was a fucking great life. I don't want to live uh, be on my deathbed or whatever thinking I should have done something differently. Because if I do something and I fail, then I learned how to do something better. There's always, it's a, I've shifted my mentality to kind of stray away from being afraid of failure to figuring out, okay, what can I learn if I do fail or when I fail? Because you will also fail whenever you try to push out of your comfort zone. And I've learned that being comfortable with the discomfort, it's, you, you build character, I guess, is one way to look at it. The people that I admire, like a mentor of mine, he's been through some stuff and he's done some crazy things. So when he's doing stuff, it's just not afraid of it anymore because once you survived a certain amount of things, you're just thinking to yourself, all right, what's what's next? What do I have to do next? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just really, um, I want to live a full life and doing all of these things now while I have the energy really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I got to do it while I have it, while the energy's here. Yeah, we're still young, right? Yeah, you absolutely. Know. Yeah, 30, oh, cool. 30 is still young. Yeah, <laughs> I think relative to the rest of, of our course, lives. Of course, of course. Yeah, And um, I think that like perfectly segues to secondhand success because, you know, what I guess you're learning now and all the mistakes that you've made, you've practically, you know, made um, a brand out of it, right? So secondhand success, the way I've seen it is like you're doing a lot of learning um, and any mistakes that you make, you're, you're blogging about it, talking about it. Um, you know, like I really like the fact that you're sharing your experience. Um, I mean, tell, tell me how you get, got started and like, you know, what, what really motivated you to, to share it? Because a lot of people, they kind of internalize it and, you know, they don't really like sharing. Um, you know, yeah. It's interesting that you say that because growing up, we didn't really talk about feelings a lot. So I don't know where it, it comes from. And I'm not saying that I'm highly emotionally intelligent. I have a long ways to go in that regard too. But with secondhand success, I was working a job and it was so boring. Like I was working maybe some at some weeks, single digits of actual work. And of course, I would dick around my time, watch Netflix or something or YouTube. But it got to a point where it's like, man, I need... I need more. I need to do something more. Yeah. So when I first started Secondhand Success, I was reading biographies, reading uh, personal development articles, and I felt like I just had thoughts in my head about how to be better. So I wanted to share all of that. And at first, to be fully transparent, I had this grand vision of in six months, I'm going to make money, then I'm going to quit my job and say, fuck it and be an oh, entrepreneur yeah. or whatever. I wish, I wish that was <laughs> e that easy. It's not. And I think that if there's something that I could bestow upon people is, you have to have the right motivations going into it. Mm -hmm. If the motivations aren't there, you will burn out really quickly. If it's not right and you're just doing things for the wrong reasons, you're going to go, you may go far, but you're going to go in the wrong direction. And then mm -hmm. whatever you're doing ends up becoming a burden. And that's what it felt like for, I think six to nine months, I just kind of stopped because I felt, man, I'm not making money. Why, why am I even doing this? What's the point? Right. And then you start questioning yourself. Like, do I really have thoughts that people want to hear? People want to listen to and I had a conversation with a mutual friend of ours, Min Tran, and we were talking about this whole secondhand success. And he was 
he got me to open up and, and think about my own journey is personal development. Like that is the, the, the core of what personal development is all about. Right. And I, in a world of social media and all this like, you know, fakeness of, of social media, there's this weird thing that people really love the authenticity of it. So I just leaned into it. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just be me and see what happens. I can't pretend to be Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins or Gary B. I, I'm not right. those people. Right. Yeah. And I would like to be at that level someday, but at the same token, I won't ever be that exact person. So I kind yeah. of have to own who I am, own what I'm doing and share everything that is coming my way. Because if I fail, hopefully you'll learn not to do what I'm doing <laughs> the yeah. way that I've failed. Yeah. And, and I think the, that's the problem with like, or I guess not the problem, but you know, when, when you see Tim Ferriss, you see Gary Vee, um, and even Joe Rogan, right? These are really successful people. And sometimes you don't really know the history or the story and you don't know how they got to where they got. And there's a lot of mistakes, a lot of missteps, a lot of roadblocks. They've probably, probably pivoted a few times. Yeah. And like, they don't always talk about that, right? Sometimes they have every seem like they have everything figured out. Um, and so, you know, going from basically like zero, right? Starting your own little bit, you know, business, um, starting your blog, um, and talking about your roadblocks and your mistakes and everything that you did to get to your point now. I think that's something that a lot of people really value because um, they can internalize it you know if they see instagram influencers versus like people like us where we're talking right, about right. our struggles it's it's a lot more relatable that's um, a big thing yeah yeah and and i think that's i mean that's the whole point of this podcast is like to you know really talk to my friends and um trying to help spread the word about like what are people doing to really uh, help themselves grow or help themselves like get over mistakes or roadblocks um and obviously you're the perfect perfect <laughs> uh first guest to Thank you know you. really do this that. um and and so you know you were talking about like all these mistakes and stuff that you went through and um putting yourself out there um i know you did toastmasters and um i did toastmasters i think i told you this i did toastmasters just for a few months probably from like Fe february to august for a friend's wedding because i was being an efficient um and that was tough i i would say like our group was small, like our club was small, but um, speaking in front of people, trying to think on my feet and like just try to be articulate is really tough. Um, how long have you been doing it for or how long did you do it for? So I did. I started Toastmasters, I think 2017, something like that. And I've just been doing it Damn. ever since. Uh, I think Toastmasters is great for me. It's it helps humble me, too. I think that it reminds me that there's always something to learn, that a speech, you can always extract something where you can be do something better, fine-tune something that is going to be um, make the speech that much more entertaining. Yeah, I love table topics, which you were talking about, impromptu speaking. Yeah, yeah. Because pre prepared <laughs> speeches are, are fun. They're something in and of itself, but when you're given a question, you have no idea what it's going to be, and you have to go off the top of your head. Yeah. I love that. It, it's it's fun. You kind of have to lean into it. You, you sit there and think too hard. You're like, what am I going to say? Uh, and then you draw a blank. Yeah. But it's almost like freestyle rapping. Not that I can rap or freestyle. Don't, don't Are put you me sure? on spot. Are you yeah. sure? I'm positive. <laughs> I'm playing music right now. But. <laughs> but that's what it reminds me of. That's what I think of. It's like if these people can rap with the beat and just go on for minutes at a time, I should be able to talk for 
one to two minutes about any random thing. Yeah. And what, what was your reason for doing Toastmasters? Did you just want to become a better speaker? Did you do a lot of presentations back then? Or, you know, what was your motivation for doing that? It was to become a better speaker. I wanted to, it's also to, to be in an in environment with like-minded people. And that is one thing that I do love about Toastmasters. Everybody's there to learn. It's super encouraging. It's almost yeah. overtly encouraging. You kind of feel weird that like, why are we clapping at everything? Yeah. But I do think that it is good for people who really are uncomfortable speaking uh, in front of strangers because it's not easy. It's yeah. It's uh. It, it's a. It's it takes some time to build that skill and be, just be comfortable in front of people. Yeah, and and I think um, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and you know, public speaking is just tough in general. Like, um, you know, you you might think that people are just hanging on to every word and like they'll try to correct you if you're wrong or something like that or you if you stutter and um you have to get over that fear i feel like um when i was being an efficient for my friend's wedding um finally at that time i was like okay i'm, I'm a little more comfortable uh speaking in front of people and i don't you know really care about what people are saying i'm just going to do it for you know the audience and um i don't know toastmasters was a blessing like i'm glad i tried it um I want to go back. Um, I just need, I just need some reason to do it right now. You should try um, competing. You should document oh, that man. here too. Competing, competing? is it's fun. It's 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 a different different monster. How many people do you like compete against usually? So the, at the there's multiple levels, and I think the the club level you compete with people who are in your club. So it can be anywhere between one to three other people, and then you go to a next level, and that's three different clubs that you're competing against. And another level is uh maybe three to five other people you're competing right. against and you can go all the way to international level oh man um and it's it's very interesting I, I competed and gave a humorous speech and i got to district level i don't know if that's high or low uh -huh. but each time i gave the humorous speech the first three levels everybody was laughing and that's they good. were enjoying it <laughs> yeah when i gave it at the big competition the first joke i gave during the speech was crickets <laughs> and then I looked around, nobody was laughing. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. and then my adrenaline's pumping. I'm like, okay, I just got to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. But that was that was terrifying. It's almost like yeah. when you're a comedian giving a joke and crickets. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, shit. What, what, what do I do now? Yeah. So, what happened with the rest of the, the speech or like the jokes and stuff? Did it work out or people were laughing? No, or? there were a couple people that ended up laughing. I didn't place. I like, I don't know. You They give you one through. Uh, they give trophies for one through three and there was five of us and okay. I didn't get first or third first second or third So I have for no sure. idea where I was. I didn't get first. So that sucks. Hey prof We're trying to do com comedy <laughs> man like comedy is tough somebody Try told me that um If you really want to get good at communicating take improv classes mm, Yeah, I can see that and that's terrifying to me is trying to make people laugh it, like whose line is it anyway style That's oh, that sounds so God. hard yeah, I feel like thinking on your feet and then trying to make it relevant and then trying to make them laugh as well is, oh man, I can't, I'm not as witty. Like, I'm not witty at all. I know there are people I know that are super witty, like, you know, Richie. Yeah, Richie's yeah. Richie's freaking witty. And um, I just wish I was, you know, I can think on my feet like that. But yeah, that that's good to know. Uh, so if... Uh, if I ever do a comedy, like improv, I'll, I'll let you know and yeah, try it out. If I do it, it too, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll probably <laughs> I'll, blog about it. <laughs> I'll, I'll try it out with you first and yeah, see if it's good. Do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, cool. So like, did Toastmasters really help you with like um, all your other things like uh, blogging and then um, doing your own podcast and stuff like that? 
Yes and and no. I think yes in the sense that it helped give me content to, to write about. The speeches I was giving, I used that as content because I wanted to get better. And I got feedback from people who would tell me, hey, you, you were doing this. And for example, one thing I was doing, I was doing like the Obama hand thing. I, oh, I don't know why I was doing it. It just okay. kind of was a, a, a move that I was doing. Right. And somebody pointed it out and I stopped doing it after that. But I wouldn't have known unless I put myself out there to receive that feedback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you take feedback? Because, you know, sometimes the feedback could be very constructive, right? Like, oh, you know, enjoyed what you did. Um, maybe next time, you know, don't do the hand thing. But some people, I mean, I don't know if you, you've ever had this uh, kind of feedback, but like some people could be like, you just suck, man. You, get, <laughs> you can't talk for shit or, you know, like, have you gotten like that kind of feedback and how do you deal with it? So I haven't received that type of feedback in for Toastmasters, but other feedback in other areas of my life, I've received that. And that the saying, it's how you say it versus not, or it's not what you say, it's how you say it. That Fair enough. matters to me, I suppose. I guess I get defensive. It's delivered the wrong way. If I feel like I'm being attacked, I'm like, hold on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the con con uh, constructive criticism goes out the window. Now I'm playing, I'm on the defensive thinking like, wait, why are you attacking me? So if it's delivered in, in a manner that's constructive, professional, courteous, I'm more than happy to listen to it. Um, and I guess it also depends on who is delivering the message. If it's somebody I know that's just an asshole, then I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm yeah, not going to pay true. attention to you. True. And and like when you uh, get that feedback, like, you know, so, so after every podcast or after every Toastmaster speech, like how do you go about like taking the feedback and actually applying it or saying, you know, e even though they gave that feedback, I don't think it's the right feedback or, you know, how, how do you differentiate it? So I think of it in terms of, of the value it will bring to me moving forward. If this, if I fix this problem, how much of an ROI is it going to return for me for whatever I'm doing? Right. If it's not that much of a return, then I may not spend the time on it. And then how much time is it going to take for me to become better at whatever they're providing me criticism on? So I think those are the two ways that I, I focus on what I should do and how I should, how much time I should give to that uh, aspect of being better at it. Yeah. And, and you seem to like, you know, really accept feedback for your podcast, for your videos and stuff like that. Um, you know, like, do you, do you talk to your like co-hosts and stuff like that and just like go over the feedback and, you know, try to try, how do you like talk about that with your co-hosts? Yeah. So one of the, the, the things that we got early on was we sound scripted mm. and absolutely, I will, I will tell you, we were scripted. We were following a script of Hey, this is what we want to say. It was our first episode, first three episodes, right? And we didn't know the dynamic we had with each other because I met this person a few months ago, and then we said, "Let's just do a podcast together" because we both enjoyed speaking, we both enjoy ed educating people, so it just seemed to be the right fit. But we hadn't established a, a relationship or a chemistry yet, so we naturally wanted to use a script. Now we'll get on and just say, "What do we want to talk about today?" And then we just kind of run, riff off of each other of, hey, that's a good point. I like what you said here. Or I disagree with you here. Have you thought about it? I think about it in this way. Um, and then as far as feedback goes, it's just recognizing the same thing. Hey, this is, what do you think about this feedback? How can we make it better? What should we do? How can we be less scripted? So we go through uh, trying to figure out a solution to that problem. Yeah. And, um, you know, that kind of leads me to the next question because like, you know, you just meet these people and then three months later, like you're starting a podcast, like, how do you know that this is going to work out? Or do you not know? And you just like, no, <laughs> fuck it. Uh, yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, what's the worst that happens? Honestly, what's the worst that happens with something like a podcast? 
we say i hate your guts we're going to take the show off of wherever it is like you know what i mean the yeah. the the risk of trying something and failing at it or it not working out was so low that we had to take the leap if it's something like investing my life savings that's a whole different ball game but something like this where we're trying to build something together um there, yeah there was no <laughs> there was no i didn't see a downside to it yeah i mean like people are kind of afraid of failure right like um, when starting something new, uh, whether it's a project and, um, you know, what are your thoughts about failure and like, how, how'd you overcome it? Because you started a blog, vlog, podcast, all of that. Like, yeah. yeah. So I think that the risk of regret is far too great for me than the risk of failure, because if there's something that I absolutely want to do, but I'm too scared to, then let's figure out why I'm scared. Do I not know something? Is there a piece of information that I'm missing? Do I need a coach? Do I need a mentor to get this moving so that I cover my downside in the event that there's an oh shit moment, I know who to go to. And you have that, the power of the internet, right? So you can always ask a question to the internet. There are forums. Whatever you're trying to do is, I, I highly doubt is 100% original. There's somebody out there that has done it in some capacity. So if you can find that person, they can help you out. Uh, another thing with with failure and not doing something because you're afraid my mentor i because i was i hate negotiating i'm not very good at it i don't like confrontation in that regard like if you told me to no, go negotiate for something i that's one thing that i know i need to work on that will take me far in life but right now i'm just like i hate it anyways he brought up a good point when he was trying to coach me through it is there's nobody in this world that's going to take greater care of you than you and when he said that, it really made me think for the things that I want to do, nobody else is going to push me to do it. I need to do it myself. So it has to really come from within. Um, and that whole idea of living with regret, I'd rather fail and learn than regret not doing anything because that's just not how I want to live uh, my life. And I think you also to make failure relatable is important because I don't know why we've built this up that failure is this big, ugly monster that if you fail, you looked at as a failure. Uh, by the definition of the word failure, if you look it up, one of the definitions is inaction. So by not doing anything, you are also failing. So if you're gonna fail anyway, you might as well do something, take some action to do something. Um, but with, with failure, I was talking about making it relatable, everybody you admire, everybody you look up to has absolutely failed. There's no person who has succeeded that has not failed. If they've I guess succeeded and never failed, they're not really pushing themselves. They're not growing. They're not pushing past the boundaries because growth is going to happen at failure and growth is going to happen when you are pushing or reaching that upper limit of whatever it is you're doing. It's not going to happen when you're trying a level one difficulty, right? You're just going to go through the motions. You're not going to progress. And as you get closer and closer to say a level 10 difficulty, of course you're going to fail. Like statistically, it's just going to happen. And once you accept that it's almost inevitable, might as well do something that you're enjoying and fail at that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even what you were saying before about starting the podcast, like what's the worst that happens? It's like, we're just going to get rid of it. Right. Uh, I think, I think it was in a Tim Ferriss book, the four hour work week. Um, he was saying like, if you think about failure and you think about what is the worst thing that can ever happen to what you're trying to do, you know, start a business or, you know, start a video project or try to even like meet someone and try to get their number. What is the worst possible thing? And then you rate it from like zero to 10. 
right? Uh, 10s being the worst thing, or I think 10s being the best thing, zero is the worst thing. And like, when you think about it, maybe it's like a five, maybe right. it's a four, uh, you know, trying to get someone's number, she's not going to give it to you or she gives you a fake number. Okay. That's like a eight, seven, not, not bad. The worst thing is probably, um, you lose a lot of money from like starting a business, trying to invest in something, probably three or four, but nothing's like terrible where you're just going to like die unless Agreed. you're do risking your life. Right. And so the worst thing that can happen is actually not that bad. And when you think about what the worst thing can happen and it, realizing it's not that bad, you're like, all right, if I, if I fail, if I lose, it's, it's all good. Cause I can, I can pick up myself from that, you know, pick myself from that and move on and like, just learn from it. And I, I think, you know, like all, all these, you know, side projects, businesses, whatever everyone's doing, it's like, they have to be prepared to fail. And I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I jokingly with, with my girlfriend, will converse about, you know, just life or what's happening. And I always say, the worst case, the worst possible thing that's going to happen is you're going to die. But if you're not putting yourself in the position where you're likely going to die, like starting a podcast, what are the chances are that I'm going to die starting a podcast? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so we're on the same page. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I love that analysis. So it, the fear of failure is all emotional, right? So when you start introducing logic, it's like, oh yeah, it makes sense. You're removing the emotion out of the equation. Yeah. Actually, I don't even think that you talked about like all the different podcasts, you know, what would they talk about? What are the topics like? Why don't you just talk about those? And yeah, sure, sure. So the first one is the Secondhand Success Show, and that one is an audio experience of the blog. So I'll record a podcast either with a guest or myself, and I'll take that and turn that into a blog post. And that is all about uncovering clues of success that people are leaving behind. And that can be from uh, an entrepreneur to uh, what you're doing with video projects. I, I just love seeing what other people are doing and trying to figure out how I can apply that skill set into my life. Because why wouldn't you try that, right? If it's working for somebody else, not to say that it's a, a golden recipe, but it may allude to something else. And if it doesn't, then you know not to do that. Uh, the other half of that is um, I have this goal of retiring in the next five years. I want to make work optional. And what I mean by this, I want to have passive income pay for my lifestyle. And that's gonna be through real estate investing primarily. So I'm documenting that entire process with the hopes that somebody will recognize Kevin's a regular guy. He can do it. I can do it too. That's what my goal is to, if I can inspire one person to just get out there and take action, take a risk. Great. I've done my job. The other one, the second one is uh, tech guys who invest. And right now I work in, in tech and software sales. My co-host works in tech as an agile coach, I think is what he does. And we both love investing in real estate. We both recognize that to get out of the rat race or the to nine to five financial freedom is going to be best achieved most effectively through investing. And he and I love educating people. So whatever we're learning, we're documenting, we're bringing on experts who are investing to share that knowledge. So people, if they want to invest can use the, the podcast as a means to, Hey, as a starting point, it's not a, a do it yourself guide per se, not yet. I think it eventually it'll evolve there, but as of now, it's just, Hey, this is kind of the process of how you want to start looking at investing. The third one is entrepreneurs happy hour. That one, I, it's like least involved work for me. I'm the co-host and I riff off of a friend of mine who actually coached me at the beginning of secondhand success. And then I fell off. I got back into it and I interviewed him on the show. I think it's episode three or four. I can get back to you on that one. And he loved the energy and dynamic we had. And he wanted to bring me on as a co-host for his. And I said, sure, why not? Let's, let's do it. 
but I told him I don't I can't do all the, the back end stuff I just don't have any time he's that was the only caveat so put me on a mic and I can talk yeah so I love that dude that's sweet I, I think like you know having connections with like-minded people and you know being able to kind of talk about the things that you're interested in or you know if you're going through like a certain journey with you know and, and you're with someone's at that same journey with you um, or same level at least you know I think that's that's always great because it's very motivating and you know you can help support each other keep each other in check I mean we did, we did our yeah, thing yeah. where <laughs> accountability. Yeah, accountability absolutely I mean I, I think uh, that really got me to kind of release a few videos that we, we had kind of like a accountability kind of vet where you know if we um, didn't accomplish what we wanted to do we would donate to a charity that we weren't really interested in exactly <laughs> in donating to um, and that really got me to at least push and get me off of this like you know rut that I had and um, yeah that that was really nice I think um, you know especially with this podcast I'm, I'm trying to help people like meet each other um yeah. and kind of learn about other people going through a certain journey and you know a lot of us um are kind of starting from nothing essentially and um trying to get us go through the journey together is like i think something that i really want to accomplish um create a sense of community yeah i think community is huge it, it helps with the whole process of trying to achieve something bigger than yourself yeah and um, I know you do like um, like the meetups, right? And that's pretty cool. Like you're doing in-person meetups. Like, could you talk about that? Yeah. So the meetups that we host, I wanted to do actually. I, I when I went to Tampa, I wanted to host a, a Cal Poly alumni group, and there was a few people there, but I just my plate got too full and I pushed that aside. But the main one that we do is uh, the Cash Flow 101 game. It's by Robert Kiyosaki, who's an American uh, business magnet he is a real estate investor an author and he wrote the book rich dad poor dad so if anybody is listening you should i highly recommend checking out that book it's a good book but as part of that entire series his entire business he released a game called the cash flow one-on-one game and it's more, a more realistic monopoly and we host the the meetup so that we can bring like-minded people together people who want to invest in real estate people who want to get out of the rat race people who want to change the way that they look at money uh, because I feel that the way we were raised to look at money is not the way the rich and the wealthy look at money. And the game does a fantastic job of shifting your mentality and seeing how it can be applicable in the real world. And it's not just uh, hyperbole, if you will. Um, and I love that. I love connecting with like-minded people. I love being in the position where, hey, I know you're doing this. Let me introduce you to this person. Because I think it's all about relationships. If I, I'm not meant to know absolutely everything. I, I've recognized that. But I will know somebody who knows somebody that can help right. you in the situation you're in. Yeah. And and I think um, that Cashflow 101 app is really good because, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people don't know what to do with their money. They don't really even want to think about it. And like, it's just too much, right? Too much to think about what is 401k, what is Roth, you know, what is ES, ESPP, you know, ETS, mutual funds, like it can go on. And exactly. like, um, you know, some game like that is is very useful, I think. Um, I've never played it, but, um, I should have brought it when I came. I thought about it. I thought about <laughs> yeah. ordering an extra one and just having it shipped to my parents' place. And oh, for sure. Playing it, but it just didn't work out with the schedules. Uh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it'd be cool for people to kind of learn more. And I feel like a lot of financial personal finance books are kind of hard to understand, or they have a lot of jargon or something like that. And, um, you know, another book that I really like is I will teach you to be rich. I like that uh, book too by Ramit Sethi. I actually went to um, a book signing event in SF, not like last Tuesday. Uh, he was there. 
and um man he's a cool guy uh he's practically a millennial just riding like a millennial is pretty cool yeah his podcast with tim ferris was was a great oh, episode man. they yeah, covered yeah. everything i love that episode like it's one of those i know i'm gonna re-listen to it yeah again. yeah i think uh i i don't uh listen to tim ferris's podcast that much but i saw that you posted it on instagram i was like okay ramit is like one of my favorite authors i gotta listen to it it was it was amazing like he talked about his new content um on his second edition which yeah, was yeah. like the 10-year anniversary um you know he's talking about like even his prenup which is crazy you know like that's something very personal and um you know if if he's right that not a lot of people talk about it um it's, it's like perfect for people who don't really know where to look for that kind of information and you know they don't know what to do with it you know do i need a prenup do i not or what is the psychology between like money dolls and your relationship with parents agreed um so like having these avenues to really help people educate people about money is really good so it's cool that you're doing it um thanks man yeah I, we should have something around here i don't know yeah you could start one i, I highly recommend it if you want to yeah. start one i'll coach you on how to do it <laughs> that would be cool to like get an event and i'll record it and kind of like showcase it and advertise it more that'd be cool you should come out to tampa record an event for us too oh dude. <laughs> how, how do you like tampa by the way i mean originally you know you're from here you moved to boston for a bit like how's the weather over there how's the you know how's the food how's everything so the food's okay. You don't get, there's like no Asian food <laughs> relative to here, right? I mean, yeah. um, especially no Filipino food. There's like three Filipino people that I've, that I've oh, met man. in Tampa so far. Um, but apparently there's a huge Filipino community in Tampa. Like they have this whole complex. I've been there once for like a Filipino Christmas party. So that was kind of cool to see like, oh shit, there's a lot of Filipino people here. Cool. Um, for me, Tampa was, was a great move because the only people I knew there were my girlfriend and her sister, the people I was living with. And it pushed me because it gave me two options. I can stay in my bubble and kind of not grow as a person, or I can lean into it, figure out ways I can grow. I have to go network. I have to put myself out there. And it is scary. Like when you go to a networking event, it's intimidating. You're like, I don't know who to talk to, all of that stuff. But eventually, the, the thing that I've learned is to just ask more questions than you're speaking. Is people love talking about themselves. So when you get them talking, you can kind of build a relationship from that. Um, and the weather in Tampa is, is great. Like right now it's probably like a hundred and something with 145% humidity. Shit. It's ridiculous. It, it, you really feel the humidity, uh, in the winter though, it is like when it's cold, rainy and ugly here, it's perfect over there in the winter. Okay. But that's why people you know live in the North and then they come to Florida. That's what people will normally do in season. Oh, I see. I see. I mean, it'd be nice to have two places, you know, depending on the weather, exactly go, <laughs> go to that house that's why not, cool why not have one for each season oh man let's, let's think big i know that that'd be, <laughs> the dream. that'd be the dream i think uh well we'll try to get there yeah <laughs> that's cool um so that's pretty much it i do have a few kind of like quick questions just to like um you know get get people to know what what you've been listening to what you've been reading um so first one's like what book have you been reading or what's your favorite book that you would recommend Ooh. Okay. So the, the book that I would recommend, I do, um, for me, where my mind is at, where I'm at in life, I think Rich Dad, Poor Dad was a really eye-opening book because it talks about how we look at money and how we were brought up to look at money is not the, the, the rich, wealthy way to look at money. And it's not a bad thing to think about money and how to make money. The book I'm reading right now, I'm between two books, uh, The Big Short. So based off, that's what the movie was based off of. This movie was great. Um, yeah, the movie was good, but I didn't really have a full understanding of what was happening, what what was going on. So I wanted to learn more about that. 
uh, and to see just get a better understanding of the, the entire market as a whole. The other book I'm reading is uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island. That book is all about the U.S. Federal Reserve. It's completely eye-opening. I highly recommend it, uh, looking into it, because you'll learn that the Federal Reserve is, you would think it's a, it's a government agency, like, um, like the FBI or something, but it's a private corporation owned by the government. And it's, you have to look, read the book. I'm in the middle, like the beginning of the book, but it's just so eye-opening. The way that it was founded, the ideas it was founded upon, like bailouts and how they basically benefit the banks. It's it's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, when you learn about it, you're like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> that's, oh, I feel like, man, I, there are some books, I mean, just like documentaries now, they're, they're like revealing a lot of things that we, our assumptions are just wrong. And um, that's something I would like to read. Yeah. Yeah. That, and I think cool. it's it's important to um, challenge the the assumptions that you have because one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to learn something new or it's going to further reinforce it. And that's what I love about it. It's like you also have to be open to you you're being wrong. Right. Oh, I think that's sure. that's another thing as well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what about podcasts? Like what's your who's your favorite podcaster? And, uh, you know, what what's like what are the topics that you like to listen to from podcasts? A lot of it is real estate related. So I listen to the Cashflow Guys podcast. Uh, that one I think is a great one if you want to listen to real estate investing. I love Tim Ferriss's podcast because of the questions he asks and the types of guests he brings onto his show. Uh, another one, I've been listening to a lot of um, luxury watch podcasts. And because I, I was oh, thinking of, of, I had an idea that I wanted to start one eventually too down the line. And then in, in order for me to do that, it's like, okay, let's see what the market is. Doing. It's almost like market research. So I use that one as more of a fun, like on a Friday, if I'm just chilling and not, I'm not trying to consume information, I'll listen to um, podcasts about watches. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, it's either like personal development or real estate. So probably those two that I mentioned, the Cashflow Guys and Tim Ferriss podcast are my favorite. Oh, sweet. Yeah, uh, that, that's really different. Uh, I think, you know, in, in terms of what I listen to, I listen to uh, like Matt Diavella, The Ground Up Show. He's a filmmaker um and but he has his own podcast kind of talking to other people about like their businesses and how they got to where they are um that one's eye-opening because like you know if i want to start something um they, there's a lot of good advice from that podcast and i try to apply it um and then i listen to joe rogan joe um, rogan's a great one too man he's got some crazy crazy guests and uh it's very entertaining like he's just an entertaining podcaster i agree like, entertaining host and um you know, like it's it's just it's nice to listen to and just get a kick out of it. Speaking of Joe Rogan, have you seen the video where they used AI to recreate uh, Joe Rogan's voice and like? Oh no! It, it's it's weird. They gave him like three That's topics crazy. and it's AI. Joe Rogan had no involvement. Check it. It's it's scary, but it's cool at the same time. It's so, on YouTube or? Yeah, yeah. I think you just type in Joe Rogan AI or something like that, and you'll find. Oh my gosh! Like it's it sounds just like Joe Rogan. Not oh. not just the voice, but the cadence the topics, the words that he's using, you would think it was Joe Rogan. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's insane. It, it, they're going to put him out of business. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, it's crazy too. It's like you could just use AI to, to start a podcast, man. Maybe I don't even have to do my own recording. <laughs> I'll just have AI do this. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Cool. Um, and what are your like ne next steps for, you know, secondhand success and all, you know, all the other podcasts and everything else? Yeah, honestly, I'm just going to keep grinding away at it. I think that the next thing is to, what I love about me documenting the, the journey is it holds me accountable. Like I, in order for me to provide content, 
I have to be doing something. And if I'm not doing anything, then it's like, I can't podcast. Right. So I have to be continuously taking action. So, um, I don't have any definitive next steps except just keep doing what I'm doing. And as I, um, acquire assets, I'm going to talk about the journey as to why I bought something, um, how I came across it. All of those things are going to be documented the entire way. I just want to give as much transparency as possible. Cool. All right. That's it. Thanks, man. Thank um, you. It was fun. Uh, thank you for being the first guest for my podcast. Awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, so if people want to follow you and check out your content, uh, where should they go? Uh, social oh, media, a, website? The best way is to go to link, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash capital K, capital M, capital G. And everything is there. Okay. So to your website, your social media. Yeah. Yeah. That. that has everything that podcast. has um, the if you want to be a guest on the show, there's a link there to book a time on my calendar. If you want to talk, uh, the, the website, the podcast, it's all there. So L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash capital K-M-G. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. That's it. That was fun. Thank you. Thank you very much.